Well, we've been in a series. You, knew that, you know that? What have we been talking about? Keys to fulfilling God's purposes. And we are in part seven. And the purpose we've been talking about, purpose means the object toward which one strives or for which something exists. I really like that. Why, why do we exist here on earth, right? A lot of people don't know why they exist. That's why there's such a suicide problem. They don't know why they exist. They have no purpose. Right? If we understand our purpose in God, mm, suicide is not a thought. Because we know why we're here. And so we have a, a purpose from God himself. And, and, and we're, we're to find out his goal for us. What does he want us to do? What does he want? And that is what we've been discovering and ways to find that out. We've covered a lot of ground. We're going to cover a big topic tonight about hearing God. Because we got to hear God, right? We got to know what he wants. And that means we have to hear him. We have to be able to hear him and make sure we're going in the right direction. We're going toward the right direction goal, as we said. We're going to the right finish line. We don't want to run the race uh, and go across the wrong tape. You know, when they finish the race, they go across the tape. <laughs> Come on. We don't want to run, across, run on the wrong track and cross the wrong finish line. <laughs> and, and God says, and we think we're done. We think we did it. And he's like, you didn't, you didn't even start. <laughs> You've been on the wrong track. <laughs> Come on now. Whew. Like we said, we don't want to kick the soccer ball on the wrong goal. That's the little guys. The little guys do that and they laugh. The big guys do it and it's not good. That's like, whoa. Ah. You're supposed to be better than that. Come on now. So we've been looking at ways or, or yeah, some ways to make sure or, or things or subjects to make sure we have to discover if we're going in the right direction. If we're, we're doing the purpose of God and finding out our, our function, our purpose, our intention from God, what we're supposed to do, right? What we are supposed to do. And one main verse we've looked at in this is Isaiah 119. So Isaiah 119 again says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So when we follow God's ways, Right? We're, we're willing and obedient. That means we're doing it right. We eat the good of land. And like we've been saying, the good of the land is available to everyone on the planet. Amen? Amen. The good of the land is available to everyone. Uh, but we, gotta, we got to be willing and obedient. Yeah. 
we are free to choose a path. All right? Why, why is there so much chaos and people blame it all on God? No, people are free to choose their path. They're free to be murderers. They're free to be thieves. They're free to be liars. And, and the end result, we know what that is. <laughs> right? We know what the end result of doing that is. But we are free to follow God and follow God's truth. Come on, follow God's plan, follow God's voice. We're going to talk about tonight because God is speaking. Is he not? God is speaking uh, if we'll listen. If we'll listen, that's a big one right there. If we'll listen, right? I mean, we've talked a lot about ears over, you know, all the time, but Jesus said all the time, what do he say? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he was talking to people with ears on their head, right? <laughs> so that means it's not just that we have an ear on our head. It's mean we, it means we actually heard it. We actually heard it. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. Oh, that's a huge difference. Huge. <laughs> I say that because I've had so many people come through the church and, and they have no clue what just happened. They talk to me in the back and their first words are some weird, I can't even, I can think of a few things I don't want to say in though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, whoo, whoo. We have a Holy Ghost filled service. I'm under the anointing of God. I'm in the presence of God himself. And they come and say, boy, you sure talk a lot. And I'm like, yeah, you weren't even in the service, even though you were in the service. It's true. It happens all the time. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking all the time. I'm in all the time. Talk to many people that have been here the first time, whatever, in the back, and they're like, they say something off the wall, weird thing. You're like, you have no clue what even just happened. Not even a clue. Yet you sat, for, you sat through a three-hour service. Three-hour service, you have no clue what just happened. Come on, this morning, whoo, we were, whoo, wow, we were in the presence of God. The anointing of God was heavy. The presence of God was heavy. I was drunk in the spirit. Hallelujah. And God was ministering to us. He was blessing us. He was loving on us. Whoo. But a lot of people don't even know what happened. Hello? We got, we got to know what happened. We got, we got to understand what's happening. We got, we got to jump in the river when it's flowing. <laughs> Come on. When there's a river flowing, we jump in. We get in on it. Come on. I was thinking, you know, I know a lot of my story, you know my stories, but I was thinking the time again when I was in the, at the conference and I was, it was been going for all week and, and I was tired, you know, my body was tired and it was the last night conference, the night service of the conference and, and the service started and boom, 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 and boom, 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 boom. And one of the, one of the pastors there, uh, cause it was, it was a kind of a minister's conference, a lot of ministers there. And he, he started running and dancing 
jumping and shouting. And I was sitting there going, I'm, I'm pretty tired. Whew. Whew. And he ran by and he said, I'm not waiting to get in. I'm getting in right now. Woo! Woo! And I said, boy, I better jump in before it's too late to jump in. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's like this morning. We had, we had, I don't know how long it was. Well, it was about an hour, right? Because Karen didn't give her word because we were about an hour in. And I, and I said, well, we're just going gonna to continue. And, and, and it was about an hour in. But that whole hour, you know, we were experiencing the presence of God himself. So some jumped in, some didn't, but you, that, that's man. Don't, don't wait, jump in. Come on. When the presence of God is, is showing up, jump in. Don't be shy. Because <laughs> God wants to tell us something. God wants to speak to us. God wants to bless us. You know, there might be a correction. That's fine. Amen. Correction's good. I, I don't mind correction. God might speak something, correct us. God might just say, I love you. You know, it, but we're open to hear him. Ready to listen. So we're going to talk a little bit about listening and a few areas we can really uh, get cleaned up to listen better. So Proverbs 20, 27, I, this verse is so wonderful. It gives us a lot of understanding of our spirit man our spirit you know your spirit right you have a spirit you are a spirit you live in a body you have a soul you got to understand you are a spirit Paul Paul prayed that your whole spirit soul and body would be sanctified or, or preserved until the coming of the of our Lord Jesus Christ your whole spirit soul and body spirit is first amen the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. This, that's big right there. Searching all the inner depths of, the, of his heart. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. Searching all the inner depths of his heart. See, we got a, we got a spirit man in there. In, in, inside here, right? That's where God speaks. In our spirit. We're spirit beings. The spirit of man is the lamp. That's where the light is. That's where God dwells. That's the Holy Spirit part. That's where God moves in. When we become temple's Holy Spirit. He doesn't move into your body. He moves into your spirit. When your body drops dead, at whatever point we check out, right? Your body is there but your spirit is now gone to be with the Lord. That's the part of us that is the eternal part of us. So our spirit is where God leads us, speaks to us. We're spirit beings. God communicates with our spirit because he is a spirit. He is a spirit. He is spirit. When we are born again, of course, our spirit is now reconnected. It's alive unto God. Before that, we were in sin. We were dead in sin. Dead in sin. Then we become alive unto God. Right? Our spirit comes alive. 
And all of a sudden, we're like, wait a second, I, I, I connected a new line. Right? You get a new line in your house, you get a new line, get a new phone line. You get a new line, that line's straight into heaven. You get born again, you're like, wait a second, I'm hearing something else now. I'm hearing God. Amen. Because God speaks to us in our new creation, our new, our new man, right? Remember Paul kept saying, put off the old man, put on the new man. We're supposed to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. That's walking, that walking from our spirit, man. That's walking from the spirit of God. That's walking from what our spirit is communicating with God about. Come on, you know your, your spirit can communicate with God even when you're like sleeping? Because your spirit's not asleep. Your spirit doesn't need sleep. Your body needs sleep. God can communicate to our spirit anytime. Amen. Our spirit is the lamp of the Lord. Spirit. God speaks to our spirit. His spirit speaks to our spirit. That's very important to understand. Our spirit is the lamp of the Lord. That's where God is. That's where he's speaking. That's why I say often, and, and if you haven't been around Christianity long, you don't understand it yet, but God's, God spoke to me in my heart, and I point down here. Out of your belly shall, shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly. Well, I don't know exactly how that works. I don't see in the spirit realm, but I know often the, the words don't come here, they come up from here. Like when I, when I prophesied to that lady, I told you this morning, and I, and I said, uh, without even thinking, without even thinking, <laughs> I said, well, it sounds to me like you're running from the Lord. And then I said, oh my goodness, what did I just say? Where'd that come from? Right here. Many times when I prophesied in church, you know, I give a tongue interpretation or just a prophecy, which tongue interpretation is equal to prophecy. If you don't have men around, you haven't heard that yet much, but tongues and interpretation are equal to prophecy. Yeah. There, my problem. <laughs> so when I, speak, when, I, when I speak a prophecy or a tongue's interpretation, either, either, one, either way, right? I, I, I'm, I'm speaking what's coming up out of my spirit. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make up something here. I'm trying to follow the spirit of God speaking out of here. Right? That's the big difference that we have to understand that God is speaking in our spirit. When I, when I said, you know, you've heard me say, I believe the Lord is saying right now, that is coming up out of here. It's what I believe the Lord is saying to me in my spirit. And so I, I, I'm trying to flow with the spirit and hear what he's saying in my spirit. We're talking about hearing the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. So we want to hear God in our spirit, hear what he has to say. And, and a lot of times... Christians still look to the outside world for the guidance. Now, good counsel is good. 
good spiritual counsel. Right? You hear about Christians going to the counselor. And some of them, they find a good Christian counselor. Now, that, 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 that could be good. It kind of depends on that Christian, right? And how religious they are. And if they actually know the voice of God or if they're just Christian. But we should not look to the outside world for our guidance. We look to God. We look to hear from the spirit in our spirit, right? You know, we've talked about these things before, but we don't put out fleeces for guidance. That's, that's, not, that's not New Testament living. That's not New Covenant living. We don't say if, if, if there, there's a, uh, you're out on the you know, road and, or you're at your house and there's, you're, you're on a road, you're on a roadway there and you, you're, you're talking to God and you're like, God, should I, should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? And then you don't know, you don't know, you don't know, you haven't heard from God. And you say, well, if, if there's three black cars that drive by right now, then I know you said to do it. And then three black cars drive by your road. Shoom, shoom, shoom. You're like, God, you told me to do it. No, three black cars just drove by. And now you head out to do not God's will. You head out to do something God never said to do. Why? Because we're to hear God in our spirit. Like, well, when we were going to buy the house in Long Beach... We were seeking to hear the voice of God, whether it was the house we were supposed to buy. We didn't put out fleeces. God, if we're supposed to buy that house, have it light up for us. I'm just throwing something. Maybe it just lights, have the house just light up for us tonight, brighter than ever. It's like there's a glow in the house and we go out and the moon's shining in the house. The moon's shining on the house and we're like, that's our house. It's shining. And it's the moon. See what I'm saying? We don't, we don't live like that. Now, unbelievers live like that and, and immature Christians live like that. But that is not the way of real Christianity. Right? We don't rely on horoscopes. We don't even read them. I said we don't read them because they're pointless and demonic. We don't put any trust in a fortune cookie. None. Zippo. Why? Well, you get a fortune cookie and you're like, oh, that, that's a good fortune. I like that. That God's speaking to me that right now he's speaking to me in this fortune. No, he's speaking in here. And we're supposed to find out what he's saying in here. Not from a fortune cookie. Come on. We got to hear God's voice in our spirit man. Find out what he's saying. Find out what God wants. Find out his plan. Find out his purpose. His intention for us. And we're going to look at that right now. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11. The famous Jeremiah 29, 11. And I looked this up today and, and I thought, you know, that's really, I don't know. Well, do I have New King James here? I'm not sure. For I know the thoughts. Does, is thoughts a New King James? It is? All right. Then what does, what does, um, what does uh, King James say? Well, you might not have it, right? Unless you have the app. 
Jeremiah, I have, a, I have the app here, so I'm looking. It wants to do an update right now. Really? <laughs> update now or update later? I'll pick later. Thank you. Jeremiah 29, 11. King James's thoughts also. For I know the thoughts, right? Uh, ah. You know what? I didn't do this, but this, is, this could be really interesting here. You know, we're having a Bible study, aren't we? Instead of playing, watching football, we're studying the Bible. Let's see. Here it is. I'm going to look up this in a bunch of English translations at once and just see. All right. Thoughts, thoughts, plans, plans, plans. Thoughts, thoughts, plans, 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 thoughts, plans, <laughs> plans, thoughts. Well, I'm trying to get something here because this is really interesting. When I looked up the word, uh, the actual word, uh, several different um, words came up for translation, for meaning, right? And uh, the only ones I see translated in all these translations are plans or thoughts, right? Now, if you look it up in the Hebrew and you find the definition and the meanings also translated in, in the word, um, this, this verse in particular, we see thoughts and plans, as far as I can tell in all the translations I'm looking at, that's the only ones I see. But for I know the thoughts, if you look up the word itself, it can be translated as plans, or purpose, purpose, are we talking about God's purpose? Amen. Or inventions, inventions. I know the inventions I have for you. Right? What he wants you to do, what he invented for you to do. His purpose, for I know the purpose, the purpose, come on, we're talking about purpose. Which can also, of course, go with plan. The plan, the purpose, the invention that I think toward you, says the Lord. I didn't look up this other, this other word here, right here. But I got a feeling, being it's the way it is, it's probably the same word. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Plans of peace and not of evil. You seeing this? Plans of peace purpose of peace, inventions of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Come on. God has plans, purposes, inventions. Sir, I'm going to change, right? Check, check. It's on now. That's off now. See, I know the plans, the purpose, that the God has a plan. And those plans are of peace and not of evil. To give us a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. 
and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's quite a, that's quite a passage right there. But first, God has good plans or purposes for us, good inventions for us to fulfill. He doesn't have evil plans for us, as some would say. Hello? God's plans or purpose for us is good, always good, and a good future for us. Ooh, that's some good news right there. And notice we're to seek God with all our heart. Search, search me with all your heart. Well, your heart is speaking of your inner man. Inner man. Spirit man. He is not talking about your heart that is beating right now. Boom, 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 boom. No. He's talking about the inner man, the spirit man inside. And so we're to seek God to hear God, what God is saying in our spirit. Seek him to find out his plan. Seek him to find out his purpose for us. Seek him. Seek him. He said, if you seek me and find, you search me with all of your heart, your inner man, you're going to find him. Well, that means you're going to find out what he wants. You're going to find out what he wants, not what you want. Ooh, glory. If we're seeking him with all of our heart, from our spirit. Spirit to spirit. We speak to spirit with our spirit. Ooh, but come on now. God needs us to seek him. Amen? We're supposed to be seeking God to hear him. We're talking about hearing. We're seeking God to hear him. We're seeking God to find out what he has to say. His plan, his purpose, his invention for us, which he said is good. Peace and not of evil. Future and a hope. I want to find that, don't you? <laughs> so we need to seek him, which leads us to Matthew 7, 7. Matthew 7, 7, ask... And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Jesus said seek God. That's essential, isn't it? If we want to find the plan of God, we want to find the purpose of God, we better seek. Seek God. Knock. Knock on God's door, right? Right? And say, I got, I got to find out what you have to say. <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say. Amen. Come on. Whew. That's important. That's really, really, really important. Jesus wanted to find out what God had to say. Jesus was not about his business. He was about his father's business, which meant he had to talk to the father and find out his business. Ooh, that's good. He had to find out God's business for his life. You could say God's purpose, God's plan. Right? Well, business means we're busy doing something. We run a business. That means we're busy with that, that thing. We're busy with it. It's busy. Well, God has a business for us. 
Hello? God has a plan for us. That's a business. That's your busyness. That's your busy. <laughs> I'm just preaching. I'm called right. I mean, I've been called right now. And I, if that changes, that changes, you know. But I, I'm called to be a pastor right now. That's what I'm to be busy doing. Now, if you're a child of God here tonight, you were all called to be busy being a child of God. And that entails a lot of things, right? Prayer, worship, praise, witnessing, giving glory unto God, praying, worshiping, giving glory unto God, witnessing, praying, worshiping, <laughs> meeting with the body, giving glory to God. Come on, we're all called to that. But we all have, a, we all have something else too. We have, a, we, have a, we have a plan from God for us. And that, that's going to be different for, for each individual. Amen. You don't, you don't try and be me. You, tr you be who God said you are. You, try, you be who God says. You be what God says. You, you follow his, his, his business model, whatever his business model is for you, which means what you're busy at. What, what are you supposed to be busy at? That's his plan. We want to follow that. We seek God to find it. We seek God. We knock. We, 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 it, we'll get it if we seek him with all of our heart. According to Jeremiah, right? Jesus said, ask it, will be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it'll be open. See, the problem is many church-going people don't do it. Why? Because they've been trained in religion. And what do they believe? Come on, you know what I'm saying. They believe God's just going to do what he's going to do. <laughs> Hello? You heard that before? Ah. Ah. Hmm. This is where I don't know where to go. I got to hold, hold off for a second. You see, many pastors even teach this stuff. And if you listen carefully, you'll hear it all over the place. I'm just saying I heard it today from a very large name pastor. God is in control. Well, if God's in control, he sure is doing a bad job on this earth. Hello? God is waiting for people to agree with him and do what he says. God is waiting for us to give him control. But many people are under the control of the evil one. Many, millions. And they're controlled, not by love, like we talked about this morning, controlled by love, like Paul said, I'm controlled by the love of Christ. They're controlled by the evil one. See, if God was in control, as most Christians believe, everyone would be saved already. 
and we'd already be all, we'd be in heaven together and we'd be done. It'd be all over. Because if, you know, if I had complete control, I would say, everybody get saved now. All right, it's over. Let's, let's go home. <laughs> How come God can't do that if he's, if he's in control of everything? Simple. It's simple, right? Why? Because he gave man free will. Adam chose to sin. Everyone since has chosen to sin except one, the second Adam. Jesus, the last Adam. The last Adam, Jesus did not sin. Everybody else, because of free will, had chosen to sin. But see, so many church-going people believe God's just going to do what he wants to do. And so what do they do? They think everything is God's will. Over the years, I heard that many times. Oh, man, I'm thinking of things just coming in right now. Boom, 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 boom. Well, you know, everything happens for a reason. Oh, let's define that a little. Things happen for a reason, yeah. You didn't follow God. That person followed the devil. That person followed the devil. That person is controlled by the demonic spirit. Yeah, that, that's a reason, I guess. But what they mean is, God has control, and he, he meant all of this to happen. And this murder was supposed to happen. And I, I, I had people say, my, uh, my relative was killed in that car accident, and God had a reason. I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's the enemy, exactly. The enemy caused the shooting today. Have you heard about the shooting at the church? That's the enemy. That's the enemy. There was a shooting in church, big, big, big church. That's the enemy. That's not God. That's not God. So we can't say, well, God is in control. No, what we should say, what should have been said, is, is the devil caused this to happen. This is demonic, what happened today. And this is the devil himself manifesting. But God does work out everything for good to them that love him. And God is still on our side. And God is still for us. The devil meant this for evil. But I know God, God can work out everything for his good because we love him. And we love Jesus. And we love our God and we're still, Jesus is still on the throne. And God's still on the throne. And we're still overcomers. And we're still victorious saints. And, and, and got to define these things because why confuse people when you have a large audience? Why would you confuse people and say, well, God is in control? Instead of blaming it on the devil himself. Where the blame belongs. Hello. You see, many Christians live in complete delusion. They live in lies. They have no idea. They have no clue what's even happening. 
Why? Well, they either, I don't know. They don't care. They don't want to know. They want to live in delusion. But I tell you what, they won't fulfill the plan of God. They won't fulfill the purpose of God because they're not open to hear it. They've already got the religious jargon figured out. Oh, my. And you go to them with truth from the word of God. You go to them with, oh, man. You go to them with scripture after scripture after scripture, and, and you could teach for hours about it, and they don't want to hear anything about it at all. I'm thinking of another minister that has said a lot of weird things over the years, big, big name again, and, and one of my mentors in the faith went to him personally, someone I know personally. Not, not even a following of one-eighteenth of this, this man I'm thinking of. And he went to him personally to tell him, you are off. And I want to bring this correction into your life because you're ruining people's life, lives by your teaching, which is going out to millions of people. He would not hear him. He would not listen to him. Now, I, I, I understand if someone, some stranger walks in and, and you don't, you know, you, someone stranger walks to me, I want to I find out who they are. Well, th this man, I, my, one of my ministers of faith, has a strong ministry. He just doesn't have millions of followers. Strong ministry, been going for years, one of the best Bible teachers I have ever heard in my life. Written many books full of in-depth truth from the Word of God. In-depth truth. Not surface knowledge truth. In-depth. Studied. Very studied. Masterful in the Word of God. That's what I'm talking about. Who went to this other minister who, who would not listen to him. You see, they're not, they're not open to hearing God. And therefore, they won't fulfill the real plan of God for their life. And the sadder thing is, they're going to lead a bunch of people astray. And lead them down a different road. Come on. You, you know, Rightly, rightly divide the word of truth. Which means, right, it says, study, show, show yourself proved, a workman that needs not be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly, rightly. What does that mean? We can also wrongly divide. Wrongly divide. And that's scary. Because we can mess up people big time when we wrongly divide the word of truth. And then what happens? Well, if someone thinks they're hearing from God when they hear those ministers who are teaching false, well, now they're seeking to do that plan and that purpose.
Hello? No, that's bad. Because <laughs> now they're on a different road and they're aiming for the wrong goal. Like we started talking about, right? They're aiming for the wrong goal. They're aiming for the wrong finish line. <laughs> I got all kinds of thoughts. You see, we got to seek God. We got to knock. We got to find the real, the real thing. That's why, I don't know, the closer we come to the end, I think, I think all these stories we keep hearing about 2.5% uh, of the people went into heaven. That were standing at the gate of heaven, 2.5% got in. I'm thinking, boy, that's probably about right. Why? Because I see Christian after Christian that has no interest in finding out what God said. Which means they have no interest in hearing God. Come on. That's scary. God will speak to us. But we got to seek him with all. What do you say? What do you say in Jeremiah? You'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. All. All of our spirit, all of our being, right? We're, we're going after him. We want to hear from him. I mean, we really, truly, truly want to know. Right? And that, 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 that's something all deep on the inside of us. I, I can't make you want it. I can't make anybody want it, right? I can't make anybody, anybody really want his plan for their life. People can say they want it. With this, <laughs> but only this tells the true story. Amen. And that is only known by him. Amen. Right? So you can be around people and Christians in church, but you don't know what's really going on in there. And that's why, you know, over the years I've seen so many people, you know, on fire Christians shouting and dancing and running for the Lord. And then all of a sudden they're gone. Then they post on Facebook. They're at the bar drinking the newest, the newest beer. They're excited about it. They're putting it on Facebook. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, what happened here? Well, I, I, I got a feeling on the inside, there wasn't a real true desire, 100% desire to know the plan of God and the purpose of God for their life. And they got excited for a while, as, as, as uh, the parable of the sower tells us, right? The word comes in, it's planted, it grows a little bit, and then it's uprooted because the cares of this life, cares of this life deceitfulness of riches come in, and, and, and things choke out the word, But we, we got to really want it. And I don't mean, man, I don't mean like we want, we want to go and have a Sunday at McDonald's. That sounds good, right? Little Sunday. We want that. I'm talking about you want it. I'm talking like you'll die to get it. You're going all the way. 
It's like the story I've told. Uh, the, 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 it's, not, it's not a, you know, a Bible story or anything. It's, it's like the, the master overseeing, I uh, can't think of the right words, but his, he's, he's the mentor, the mentor of this spiritual person. Spiritual person, he says, I want to know God. The, the, guy, the guy says, I want to know God to his mentor. I want to know God. And he takes him down the river and he shoves his head underwater and he holds him underwater. And he holds him there and he's, you know, he's trying to get up. He's trying to get up. He's, try, he's pushing him down, pushing him down, drowning him. And when he realizes he's about to go, he's about dead, he goes, and he lets him up. And they go, and he says, what are you doing to me? He said, when you want to know God, like, like you, you want it air, you'll find him. When you seek me with all your heart. When you want to know God like you want it there, you're going to find him. He wanted air bad. <laughs> really, really bad, as any of us would. Well, see, if we want to get God's plan, God's business for us, his purpose for us, his invention for us, we're going to have to do it like that. Why? Well, we live in a cursed world. We live with an enemy all around us. We live with false voices surrounding us. We live with lukewarm Christians everywhere. We live with all kinds of, whoo, you're going to have to go and get it on your own and fight for it all the way. Remember, I talked about Smith. I think I talked about Smith last week. Oh, I'm just, I'm just preaching. I talked about Smith last week. Smith Wigglesworth. He went after it. And he went after God. He went after God's plan. And he got it. And he said that he could not have fellowship with hardly any Christians at all. Not real fellowship. Why? Because he was actually completely sold out to Jesus. Come on. He was actually sold out. I was thinking this. Jesus did not have deep fellowship with the disciples. Come on. He was sold out to God. He was there to mentor them and teach them something. Because he actually knew something. He actually knew God. He truly knew God. A lot of Christians act like they know God. But do they truly know God? That's, a big, that's the big question mark, right? We got to truly know God. Jesus truly knew God, and he didn't have great fellowship with the disciples. We don't see them having fellowship. He was always teaching them and saying, you have little faith. <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. Whew. Wow. Oh, man, we going. We, we having a time already. Come on. 
God is looking for some people who will be sold out. Who will be completely his and seek him with all of their heart. All. I said all. All of their heart. All. Come on. Ooh. They, they, will, will, they, they, want, they, they want God like they want that breath of air. They want to know what he has to say. And, and, and you have to be willing to hear something you don't want to hear. Amen. Because God might say, this is what your plan is. And you say, that's not my plan. I never even thought of that. Come on. But you got to be willing to hear him. And go his way. And follow his business. Do his business. Like I've always said, I, I never even thought about pastoring. Even when I got saved at 19, I felt like I was called into some sort of ministry. I told my pastor shortly after getting saved. I was in a spirit-filled on-fire church, right? And, and, and I said, I, I don't know. I think, I think I'm called to ministry, but I, you know, I, I'm a rookie. I know nothing, right? But I, I, I went after it because I believe God spoke it in here. Come on. And so I went after what God wanted for me. And I kept going after it. And you know the story. 22, 22 years later, I went into full-time ministry. After feeling God t tell me I was called into full-time ministry. But I never had thought about it. In fact, even when I, even when I felt called into full-time ministry, I didn't know what that meant. Because I'm a rookie. I don't know if that means pastor. I don't know what that means. Does that mean I'm an evangelist? Does it mean I'm a prophet? What does that mean? Well, I had to find out from him. Right? I've told you a story. I was at ORU, and I was done at ORU, and I was under the stairwell in my apartment. Truly a prayer closet. Like tiny. On a little chair under the stairwell. And I asked God, I said, I'm done with school and I don't know what to do. I still didn't know what to do. I've been down in Tulsa for five years. Five years in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Woo! And, you know, some of you know, God spoke in my heart. Come on, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about right now. Hearing God's voice. God spoke in here Feed my sheep. Oof. Every time, every time. Shh. So I put that in, I let that sink in, amen? Feed my sheep. And that was the first point where after five years of Bible school and, and thinking, well, I, I might be a pastor and I might, I might, I might be evangelist, I might be on the mission field, I might, I might, I might. 
The first time I thought, I think the Lord is saying I'm a pastor. Feed my sheep. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty on the that's pretty on the shepherd right there. And you know the story, right? Now, now this is uh, 1997, I believe, when I finished Store You. And I went back to Vancouver and helped at my church and served. Thinking for years, years, right? I didn't go into full-time ministry until 2013. Like, right, okay. <laughs> went to Iowa. That was my first full-time ministry in Iowa, 2013. 1997 is when I heard Feed My Sheep. Thinking, well, I'll go back to Vancouver and I guess I'll probably be a pastor there on staff or something. Well, guess what I was on staff for when I came back, worked with my parents for a bit, pastor came to the store where I was at 7-Eleven where I was working for my parents. And he said, he walked in and he said, I, I, got, I got something, I got something for you to do. I got, I got a job for you. I said, I was thinking, well, maybe I'm going to be a pastor now, right? Guess what the job was? Our maintenance guy just quit. Would you like to do maintenance at the church? Would you like to be head of maintenance. Hello. Well, you know the story, some of you. I did it. And I went to be head of maintenance for the church, even though I knew nothing about maintenance except vacuuming and cleaning. Toilets. I did a lot of that. But see, what I'm saying here is I heard God. And so I've heard God. Now, now I have to find out. I have to keep following that or find out if I didn't hear right. Come on. We can't hear wrong, too. So if you think you've heard from God... You better make sure it's God. And I believe over those years of time, from feed my sheep to ministry, to full-time ministry as a pastor, right, I, I, I kept seeking. I kept knocking. kept asking. It's like John, John the Baptist, right? After doing all these wonderful things for Jesus, telling people he's the son of God, telling people he is the way, the truth. I don't need to say he said uh, the Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the world. Here, here he is, right? The Lamb of God. He had presented Jesus, the Lamb of God. What does he do later on? He says, he, he, he says go find out if he is the one. John the Baptist said, go find out if he is the one. He, he announced him as the one. Then later he says, find out if he is the one. What happened? Some doubt crept in. 
Well, when he prophesied, here's the Lamb of God, that was straight out of heaven. He had heard from God. He had heard from God. <laughs> he had heard from God. And yet now, he says, go find out if he is the one. He had lost. He had had some doubt. He had lost some hope in Jesus. What was I talking about? I was talking about once you hear from God, you got to make sure you're still hearing from God. Whew. See, this, this is deep. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is deep stuff. This is, this is real Christianity. You're not going to hear this in, in, in many places. Because most, most don't talk about hearing from God and following what he wants and following his business for your life. Come on. They'll give you a nice little self-help message and make you feel good about what you are doing, even if it's not what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Come on. We got to find out what God wants. His plan. And we, we got to go after it and find it and seek. And even if we thought we heard, we seek again. We keep a seeking, we keep knocking, we keep finding out if we heard from him or we heard from the pizza we ate last night or we heard from because we ate too much chocolate cake. And that's another reason I talk about getting good counsel. I'm just preaching. I haven't even got half my notes yet. We're going to be here a long time. <laughs> you got to get good counsel because... As I said before, we went to, this is a whole other story, right? But we were going to Iowa. And that story is, again, I heard from God. Go. Where did I hear him? In here. Not here. If God speaks to you audibly, uh, it's possible. But if you're hearing God audibly very often, you're probably not hearing God. I've been around a long time and very few huge Mentors in my faith have heard God audibly. You just, you, you, you hear, you, someone is saying, I hear God speaking audibly all the time, they're flaky. Because where we're going to hear God is in here, in our spirit. God speaks to our spirit. And so when I heard, when, when I was praying, Father, should we go to Iowa? They've called us to go to Iowa. They, they, we went an interview. We came back. They called us and said, we want you to come. Should we go? Is this where we're supposed to go? We're in Vancouver, Washington. Never mm, thought about going to Iowa again. And, 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 and God says, go. Well, I believe I've heard from God. I went right out and told Karn. We're going to Iowa. I, I believe we are going to Iowa. And she said, go and ask God again. <laughs> go back. Go back in there and pray again. <laughs> and what I was saying with that is then I had a pastor. Amen. I, had a, I have a pastor. I had a pastor. And I trusted him. And I trusted his counsel, and so I went to him, and I called him. I went to call him. I said, uh, I need to meet with you. Something's happening, and, and I, believe, I believe something big is 
big change is coming, and I, I want your counsel. And I remember he said, yeah, I'll meet you out at the Starbucks over, it was the one by uh, Home Depot on, uh, uh, right by Costco out there. You guys, if you know Vancouver. I can picture exactly where I was sitting in that Starbucks as I talked to my pastor, and we were drinking a coffee there. Hopefully no, no lattes, right? Yeah. And that floofy stuff, just nice, good Americano. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my pastor, and I tell him what's happening, and I say, I, for, he does say, he does say, as I'm telling him about Iowa, he says, are you telling me that you're going to Iowa? And that it's God? Or are you, are you asking what I think about it? And I said, oh, no, no, no. No, I'm asking what you think about this. I want your counsel. See, once you tell me, once you tell me, God told me. I have nothing to say to you. Did you catch that? You say, Pastor, God told me to move to Canada. I'm just throwing something. If God says right here, he says, like the spirit of God's in me, amen? He says, uh-oh, bad move. I don't even bother saying it. Did you catch it? Because you just told me God told you. Am I going to come against God? No, not. That's why my pastor said, are you telling me God told you to go to Iowa? Or are you asking for a counsel? I said, I'm asking for your counsel. I believe I did hear from God, but I'm asking for your counsel. And I've told you a story. We talked for quite a while. He went to the restroom. He came back. And he said, Vern, and I don't know. I, st I still don't know. I haven't asked him. Were you praying in the bathroom? <laughs> but he came back from the bathroom. And he did that. He did that in staff meeting because I was on staff there for quite a while. And then I even, I even still went to staff meeting after I wasn't on staff there. I was, I was, you because know, I was helping. I was, a, I guess you could call it an elder, but it was, I was very involved, right? And he comes back, he'd do that in staff meeting too. He, he we'd be having a discussion about something, and it, sometimes you get heated in staff meeting. Well, when he got, he had like 12 on 13 on staff, you got 13 opinions of something, it can get a little heated once in a while. It could get, you know, even a sign on the wall could get heated. Right? When you got 13 people's opinions. But I don't like that scripture. <laughs> well, we, we would discuss it. Amen? And then pastor, when he got, he made the final decision. Amen? Because everything needs a head. One. Don't got that. <laughs> a family needs a head. The man is the head. Now, the head of the man is Jesus. But every, everything needs a head. That's why you have a CEO. 
That's the head. You have two heads, you have a beast. You have a deformed, deformed creature. You have one head. See this? One head. You have one head. One head. So pastor would make the decision, the final decision. And no matter how many decisions or how many uh, opinions were given, in the end, it doesn't matter, or it does matter, but I mean, it, it, it comes down to the head says, we are putting John 14.21 on the wall. And then what happens? Everybody on staff says, okay, let's do it. And then we get on board. Because the decision has been made. So pastor would come back. Oh, I'm, I'm going to build our child on this one. Pastor would come back from the restroom. He came back from the restroom. We're in the Starbucks. And he says, Vern, I believe this is God. I believe it's God. I believe, I believe, I believe this is a God thing. I think this is a God thing. Well, what'd that do? That confirmed what I believed I had heard from God. What are we talking about? We're talking about hearing from God. And I'm going all kinds of tangents that I haven't even covered half. But that's okay, right? See, because we want to hear God. And we're covering some points here that I didn't plan on covering, but ooh, I'm telling you, this is good stuff. And this will help us hear from God. Now, of course you're born again, you can hear God, amen? But the problem is we're going down the road of Christian, our Christian life, and sometimes we get wax buildup. Anybody get wax buildup in their ears? I've been, I've been kind of known for that. I've got it blown out of the doctor several times. I'm actually deaf because of wax buildup. The last time I actually went deaf after they did it. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I won't go into all that. But we get wax buildup in our ears, spiritual ears. And so we're not hearing like we should. I said we're not, man, when, my, when I have wax buildup, oh, it's bad, it's bad. There's like echoes going through. It's bad, it's bad. Well, I'm not hearing like I should. Amen? I'm not hearing. And it's really bad, like on a Sunday morning, when the music is pounding and I'm going in my ear, right? That's what I hear. Well, I'm not hearing good. And I want to hear him good. So we got to find out what wax is in our ears and get it out of there. Get the blockage out. And a very good point for here is Acts 24, 16. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Acts 24, 16. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. You, you want to get some blockage in your spiritual ear? Have offense. Offense will cause us to hear incorrect. 
Offense will cause us to miss God and miss his plan completely. Hello? Many people have missed the plan of God, the purpose of God for their life because they got offended. You know, I, I don't know if you heard of John Bevere, but he, he's a Christian author. I, I, I respect him. He's a spirit-filled Christian author. And he wrote The Bait of Satan. And it's all about offense. And he says, it's, it is the greatest strategy of Satan. See, because if we get offended, we, we aren't hearing from God. We just keep hearing our offense. We keep hearing they offended me. And I'm offended at that, and I'm offended at that, and I'm offended at that, and I'm offended by that. Right? My pastor, he, he would say it, and I said it too. He, he said, if I haven't offended you yet, then wait five minutes and I'll sure I'll, I'm sure I will. <laughs> Do you get that? Why? Because when you're speaking truth, oh man, have I seen that over the years. You, you want to see, see religious Pharisees rise up, just start speaking truth. And what happens? They get offended and they walk out of here. We've had it happen many times. I've, I've never been in church seeing so many people walk out. During offering, I'm, all, I'm looking for the new person to leave. Why? Because they do not like that. I've got nasty emails after I preached on a given. Nasty emails in the, back in my inbox, which, you know, our email's out there public, so you can find it. So they just go online, find our email, write me a nasty email about giving and offerings, taking offerings. I'm like, I, wanna, I don't write back because I know it's worthless. Because they have no ears to hear. It's worthless. But you want to say, have you ever read the Bible? Because you might want to start if you're a Christian. <laughs> Come on. Giving is one of the most talked about subjects in the whole entire word of God. Giving is everywhere. Who? Abraham tithed. Abraham Abraham tithed. And you get Christians, get so mad. Oh, don't talk about that tithing. Oh. What are they? They're offended. And they're going to miss the plan of God for their life. Well, if we get offended, if you have offense, get rid of it now. Get rid of it. Just get rid of that offense right now. Why? Because you got to get the earwax out. Get that earwax out of there. Come on. Clean it out. Get it out so you can hear, hear God. <laughs> Watch me pull out a big thing of wax. <laughs> if we hold on to offense, they're going to destroy us. It's like the old, uh, the old uh, saying, and I think, they, I think they use uh, forgiveness in it. If you don't forgive, it's like, and you could say it with offense, same thing. If you, don't, if you hold offense, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> the other person 
doesn't even know you're offended. Most of the cases, most of the time, the person doesn't even know you're offended at them. I could tell some stories there too, but you know. But they don't even know you're offended, and you're all offended, and you're just, ah! And they're just living their life free of offense. And they're free. They're hearing from God. And you, you drinking the poison. Destroying yourself with offense. <laughs> and the person doesn't even know. Come on up. You want to hear from God? Get rid of offense. Don't be offended. I said don't be offended. Without offense toward God and men. Don't be offended. Hello? Get rid of the offense you want to hear from God. Drop it. Get rid of it. When I tell you what that pastor, I tell you what he said, I tell you what he said, I tell you. You're offended. You're just offended. Come on. If they're speaking truth, they're speaking truth. Don't get offended. If they're not speaking truth, that's different. And I, I, didn't, I didn't give any names tonight, but I'll tell you what. When they're not speaking truth, shh, they need to speak the truth. I'm not offended by it. I'm sad. Hello? I'm sad because they're teaching people false teaching and, and people are being led astray. Sad. And they'll be held accountable Remember, James said the teacher is going to be held to a higher judgment. James 4.17. We're clearing out our ears tonight of wax. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. If we aren't doing what we know to do, we aren't going to hear God well. Hello? Hello? We've got to walk in the light. Stay in the light as he is in the light. Walk in the light. To hear God, you stay in the light. Stay in the light. Do what you know need to do. Deal with the issues. If we did something wrong, we make it right. Hello? It's like I was thinking of Zacchaeus, right? What did Zacchaeus say? He got saved. He got, man, he was, whoo, he got excited about Jesus, didn't he? He wanted to see Jesus. He got up in the tree. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. Climbed up in the sycamore tree. I can't remember. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see. He got in the tree to see Jesus, and Jesus recognized him. Well, he knew his heart. God was speaking to him. God was speaking to Jesus. The father spoke to Jesus. Jesus knew that Zacchaeus had repented. And he went to eat with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus said, everything, I, th I can't remember exactly what he, how, how much he said, but everything I've taken, everything I've stolen, I'm going to return, I think, sevenfold, he said. Sevenfold. He stole a hundred from this guy. He took too, you know, too much tax money. Took an extra hundred, he's going to give him $700 back. 
Imagine those guys. Zacchaeus walks up, excuse me, I need to give you $700. He's like, huh? He's like, well, I stole 100 last week. <laughs> Took an extra 100 of your tax money. <laughs> Took an extra 1,000 over here. He says, here's $7,000. He's like, what? I stole 1,000 last week from me. I'm giving you 7,000. He made it right. Hello? He knew what to do, and he did it. Oh, he did it. He told the Lord he was going to do it, and he did it. Come on. If we need to forgive, we do it. To him who knows to do good. That's good. Repaying is good. Sevenfold is a lot better. <laughs> Zacchaeus went above and beyond. Oh, Zacchaeus was virtuous. We've been talking a lot about virtue, right? Excellent. He did excellent. And I know the Lord is pleased. If God has told us to do something, we need to do it. Amen. To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Right? It might be something simple, but, but if it's bugging us on the inside, guess what? You've got, you've got earwax. And inside is going, get that done. Do that. I told you to do it. I told you to write that book. Write it. Come on. When I wrote that book, God, God got on me and said, after I hadn't written the book, I told you to write the book. I will get on that. You know what to do? You don't do it. It's sin. Come on. God knows what we know, doesn't he? That means he knows your heart. And you, 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 you can't fool God. No one can fool God. We can fool people, but we can't fool God. Because God knows. God knows the truth. God knows it all. And so he knows if we are ignoring him. <laughs> and if we're ignoring him... Come on. We are not going to hear clear for the next step. We are not. We got earwax in. Get that earwax out of there and do it. Hello? You hearing me tonight? If we keep disregarding what we know to do, we're going to grow duller and duller in our hearing. Yeah, I know, I know I'm supposed to do that. Uh, I don't want to do that. I know I'm supposed to do that, but I don't want to do that. Oh, man, the earwax is building up. <laughs> Hello? It's sin. You see that? It's sin. You know to do it. You don't do it. It's now Sin. Does sin cause a little problem? Yeah. Oh, it does, which leads us to the next verse. 1 John 3.21 Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Hello? Condemn us. Why are we going to get condemned in our heart? Because we're not doing what God said. We're sinning. 
even if, even if, it's write a book. Hello? People say, well, sin, sin is, you know, adultery and fornication and drunkenness. Yes, and a lot more. <laughs> if you know to do good and don't do it, it's sin. Oh, my. See, if we're doing things that bring condemnation to us, we are doing them. We are doing them, right? Remember, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, to those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There is no condemnation. Why? Because we're doing what God said. We're walking in the spirit. We're doing, doing God's will. We're doing God's business. We're doing his plan. So, oh man, the earwax is gone. And we can hear, oh man, we can hear. Don't you want to hear? I said we can hear. Some, when I stopped in that message a few weeks ago, remember that? And I was preaching along, and, I, and the Lord said, you're done. And I stopped preaching, and I, and I, was, I was looking at my notes going, did I just hear God? And then... If you remember, I tried to keep preaching. I don't think I said this part publicly. I think I told some of you privately. But I tried to keep preaching, and it was dry. And I was like, Ugh. we're going to pause here, and we're going to find out what God is saying. Well, someone said, someone said, how did you know God said that? My ears were wide open. Hello? You say, how can you hear God? How did you hear go to Iowa? How did you hear, how did you hear go to Waco? Well, I believe it's what we're talking about tonight. If our heart does not condemn us, if we're doing what we know to do, our ears are clean. The wax is gone. Who this is good. This is powerful. This changed your life tonight. Come on. We stop the wrong action that we were doing. So we can hear God. We have confidence. You say, I just don't think God heard me. Well, you didn't have confidence. Something's condemning you in your heart. Get it corrected. Clear up your ears. Clean those ears out. Clear the wax out. See, if we stop the wrong action of that's bringing condemnation to us, right? Because God's not condemning us. We're bringing condemnation upon ourselves because we're not doing what God said. We're not doing his business. We're not following his plan. We're not following his purpose. Come on. We're ignoring his voice. And so condemnation is being heaped up upon us. And we say, I can't hear God. 
Yeah, exactly. Because your ears are full of wax. So what do we do? We do what God said. We, we don't hold the, 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 the uh, offense against people. We do what we're supposed to do. There's no condemnation on us at all because we are walking in the light as he is in the light. So we're walking in the light and we're hearing from God. Hallelujah. Who? Wow. Glory. And we get that, we get those, that earwax act, what earwax out, we'll be able to find out what God wants. Find out his plan, find out his purpose, find out his intention for us, find out what we're actually called to do, supposed to do. Our life is, we're here on this earth for a reason. We get that earwax cleared out, we can hear from God. Well, I found most Christians have no interest in it. They'd rather just do their thing, live their life, do what they want to do. Well, they're not going to hear. They're not going to get it. Because their heart is condemned. And they have no confidence. Come on, they have no confidence. That's very important, isn't it? I don't think we understand how important that is. Having confidence, confidence to go into God's presence. Having confidence to go into the throne room of grace. Come, come remember, it says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may, may receive grace and mercy in your time of need. Come boldly. That's confidently. That's not arrogantly, that's confidently. You come into the throne room and you know, you know God is ready to hear and God's ready to answer. And he's on your side and your ears are clear of wax. And you have complete freedom in the presence of God. Completely free and bold. Not arrogant, confident. Because you know he loves you and there's nothing condemning your heart. Because you've cleared all that out. You've got all the earwalks out of there. Ooh, glory. See, we're going to find what he wants. We're going to hear God clearly. We're going to hear God plainly. If we'll, We're going to find his direction. We're going to find his plan when the earwax gets out. Amen. We got to get the earwax cleaned out. So we must not, must not be offended. We must do what we know to do. When I just don't want to do it. Well, then you don't want to hear from God. Stop sinning. So our heart is not condemned. We got to stop. Because if we want to hear, if we truly want to hear God's voice, we can. We can hear him. In fact, he wants to speak to us. But a lot of times, he can't. Because the earwax. 
And this is how we hear God. I just can't hear God. How come you can hear God? Because my ears are clean. This is how I hear God. That means you got earwax. Come on. God made the way for us to hear him in our spirit man. He's not trying to make it difficult, is he? You know, people say, God's trying to make it difficult. No, he's not making it difficult. He's made a way for it to happen. And he's made a certain direction, a certain plan for us to hear his voice, a certain way it happens. Come on. We've been reconnected to God through Jesus, our Lord. But God needs us, needs us to stay in the light, stay on the path, stay on his path, stay on his course, stay on the right racetrack. But I don't like this racetrack. I'm going to a different one. It's like church. I don't like this church anymore. I'm going to a different church. It's like the guy, the guy in the island, right? You know that one? He's on an island by himself. And they rescue him. And there's three buildings. And they say, what are these three buildings you have built here by yourself? You have three buildings. What do you, three buildings? Well, he said, that's my house. That's my church. He said, well, what's this other building over here? That is my old church. <laughs> He's by himself. He got offended. He got offended at that church. He had to go get another one. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Pastors always like that one. Because <laughs> we've seen it so much. I'm so offended. Go on your way then. Come on. God needs us to stay in the light. Follow his path. Follow his ways. Clean out the earwax. Because if we want, we truly want his purpose, right? I mean, like I said, this has to be in your heart. I can, no one can make you want his plan. No one. Nobody. Nobody can make you truly, truly, truly want his purpose for you. No one can make you want that. Except you. In here, deciding, I want your purpose for me. And I'm going to get it. And that's not arrogant at all. And God smiles at that. God says, someone really wants to do my plan. Instead of theirs. Let's start talking to them right now. <laughs> Let's talk to them, Jesus. <laughs> Let's tell them the plan for their life right now. Glory. Oh, I'm telling you, we got some points tonight, didn't we? We got to get the earwax out. Get our ears cleaned out. So we can hear what God has to say. What's more important than that? 
Come on. What does he have to say? That should be what we want to hear. We should want to hear our Father and what he has to say about our life and about anything. Anything he has to say to us. We are, we are, we are, we are ready. We are, we, we are ready to hear it. Even when it's a slap across the face. And I don't mean God slapping us, but you know what I mean. As I say, when James, James, whoo, you read James, you're like, whoo, James, ouch. He says things to the church that you're like, that's why a lot of people don't like James, you know that? A lot of people don't like James. They like to stick on Paul. The, Paul, grace, grace, grace. They go to James, they go, whoo, that's harsh, James. You kind of, you kind of mean, James. Sometimes we need it. Wake us up. And James did that a lot throughout his book. And he was Pastor James. I got a feeling, shh, shh, you in his church, watch out. My pastor was known for stepping on the toes. I think I do it a bit. <laughs> and we'd, we'd walk out of service, Carl and I. And, woo, he stepped on some toes today. Ooh, and my toes kind of hurt right now. Well, if we're open to hear the truth, oh, come on now. If we're open to hear it, our ears are clean, we're going to hear it. And we're going to hear it, and then we're going to receive it. And then we're going to walk it out. And be doers. Not just ears. The doers. Who glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I think we got it. You got something? I think we got it. Hallelujah. Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, you're so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for correction. Thank you, Lord, for discipline. Thank you, Lord, for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We're able to walk in it. We're able to live it out. We're able to find your plan. We're able to hear from heaven. We're able to hear from God himself. Father, we are thankful. We are thankful we get to hear from you. You want to talk to us. You want to direct us. You want to show us what we're to do. You want to give us the plan that you have for us, the blueprint that you have for us, not what we want, but what you want. That's what we want. We want your will. We want your plan. We want your purpose. We want everything you have for us, Father. We want it all. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, tell them tonight. Heavenly Father, I want your plan. My heart is completely yours. I am willing to do anything that you would have to tell me to do. I will do it. I'm not just speaking words. I'm speaking from my heart. I will do anything you want me to do, Father. Tell me, show me, speak to me. Your plan, my ears are open. 
My ears are clean. And I'm ready to hear. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for directing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, we turn back as we always do. We don't, we don't give glory to man in this place. We turn back because we know without you we are nothing. We deserve hell. We deserve hell forever. But we turn back to our great God and give you all the glory. All the honor, all the praise, all the power belongs to our God forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, Amen.